Welcome to Paul or Nothing, the place to get all of your Paul all of the time. Join me, your host, Sam Wiles, as we discover the history, the music, and the man behind it all, Paul McCartney. To get in contact with the show, email us at paulmccartneypod at gmail.com. Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of Paul or Nothing. This is widescreen podcasting and the place to get all of your Paul all of the time. I am, of course, your host, Sam Wiles. Hope you're all safe, well, and sound. Today, everyone, we're going to be dipping our toes again into live hot take podcasting. Yeah, I'm I'm sure you've all read the title by now. We are indeed going to be talking about the two songs from McCartney 3 that have semi-somewhat kind of officially been released, those being Find My Way and Winterbird slash When Winter Comes. Of course, I did say we, as once again, I'm going to be joined by my OG podcasting compadre, the real Lennon to my McCartney, the host of Alpha Metallica, uh, watching The Watchmen <laughs> and Battle Rap Resume and, of course, Punnett, which I do actually mention a lot on this show. Please, everyone, welcome back from McCartney 2, Tom Quee. Hey, hey, everyone. Hey, Sam. Great to be here. Great to be back on the show. Big fan of the show particularly the Ken Michaels episodes that have went down over the years. And uh, yeah, excited to discuss these tracks. Just listened to them this morning, cycling over to yours. Got familiar with them, made a few notes here and there. And uh, pleasantly surprised, no spoilers, but pleasantly surprised. Interesting, very interesting. Also going to make this clear, we are once again recording in person. The last time we did this was the Beatles pop quiz back in uh, May. Good episode, yeah, good yeah, episode. Back when you showed me to be a charlatan who doesn't actually know anything. If I remember correctly, there was like <laughs> there was a whole chapter in this giant Beatles quiz compendium, and it was just of Paul is Dead, wasn't it? It was yeah. like 20 questions about Paul is Dead, like who was the radio DJ who was in Kansas City? You know, it's Deep absolutely, stuff. absolutely crazy, but go back and check that one out. Yeah, good one. It's in that bookcase there, actually. Ah, oh, yeah, I, I can't <laughs> wait to be returned to it, yeah. yeah. Of course, listeners, you'll know Tom from our McCartney 2 episode. That's obviously one of your favourite McCartney pieces. Definitely. Safe to say, especially based on these two songs, you're looking forward to McCartney 3? Uh, completely. And, you know, especially from um, the first one. What, what's the first one again? Uh, Find, Find My, my Way. way. Yeah. Uh, especially Find My Way. Very McCartney 2. Very McCartney 2. Yeah. And funnily enough, I was listening to McCartney this morning, guested on Adam Buxton's podcast. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you're aware of that. I listened to most of that while I was cycling over along with the music and he spoke about McCartney too and Buxton did and Paul himself uh, mentioned Check My Machine yes. and, he, and he, he did a little hit of that and uh, you know we get into that territory with this song so yeah definitely looking forward to it very cool that it's coming out you know making the best of these uh, shitty circumstances and uh, you know a, a, a bloody beat or Paul no less <laughs> I mean Ringo cool do a lockdown album you know do some old soul standards or whatever but the fact that Paul McCartney you know, locked down and kind of produced this, uh, it's it's pretty mouth-watering. It's a, a good end to a glum year. So you're probably going to be my only guest this year who hasn't pre-ordered a vinyl copy of... Oh, I don't... I re- you know me, Sam. <laughs> I do not... All of this bullshit. I sort of... You know, all these Beatles podcasts. Respect to them. I'm not trying to denigrate yeah. them. There's lots of great characters out there. And, you know, things you said today, they speak about it a lot. But I... Maybe I'm just too much of a millennial. I just care about the songs. I'm, I don't really care about the physical product. And, you know, having something in cyan and something in cerulean and something in fuchsia and it's like you know look respect to your, your dice havers but it's a bit of an aleatory expedition uh excuse the pun to go into that so yeah i really um not baffled i understand it but for me no i'd rather i'd rather buy a board game uh or something like that you know yeah no this is you know capitalist mccartney at his best you know <laughs> there's what 15 different versions out now including cds and stuff like that 
I mean, I might buy you the the, the cassette version for Christmas as, as like a troll purchase. I don't okay, know. okay. But yeah, we've had a, quite a lot of Bacardi present in the media now. It's actually been quite fun, this whole lead up, you know, especially with Egypt Station. Capital kind of really stepped up and kind of made him modern, YouTube-friendly, kind of cyber McCartney almost. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying thank God we haven't had carpool karaoke this time around. Right. Oh, yeah, they don't normally do it again, do they? It's normally just a one-on-gun. <laughs> he comes on and does find my way. Yeah. I don't want to see James kind of vamping to those kind of surrealist flourishes at the end. But <laughs> Or like James Corden singing about the acre plot and two young foxes. It's like, yeah. oh, no. Do you think you're going to vibe a bit more with McCartney 3 than something like Egypt Station, though, because it's the part of the McCartney trilogy? Yeah, I, I think I am predisposed to that anyway, thematically, because, yeah, I really like McCartney 1 as well, but McCartney 2 is kind of my kind of fave McCartney album, definitely. And it's just kind of grown in appreciation as it's gone on. But, uh, you know, yeah, Egypt Station was a little bit doddery for me, a little bit plodding, perhaps. I didn't, I wasn't affected by it in the same way. And even Come On To Me, I think, it was quite kind of throwaway, Dance mm. Tonight sort of territory. It wasn't in that kind of fine line pedigree. And Find My Way is certainly kind of going in that direction. But, but maybe so, yeah. It's very cool that this happened. And I wanted to ask you as well just a question, because it's interesting that, you know, in 1970, 1980 releases, now 2020, right? Yeah. So we've had a little while between um, McCartney albums. Like, could you imagine what a McCartney three in nineteen ninety would have been, or a McCartney four oh, yeah. in two thousand? Like, is there a kind of, you know, are there songs from that era that have that sort of avant garde pop aesthetic that you could maybe fix into a ten? I'm already definitely coming up with a really shitty episode premise where I try and come up with McCartney two point five, right? Or, right, because you can definitely look at Chaos and Creation in the backyard as arguably. The closest ah. thing to McCartney 2.5. Because What's experimental on that album? No, not much. No, just in the sense that it's McCartney mostly playing all the instruments. That's I, think a McCar- I think a McCartney album has to be self-produced, yeah, really. Yeah, Godrich you, doesn't... Yeah, yeah, that dilutes it, no. But that's the closest you're going to get. I think. He, but, you know, he produced a couple of songs for Flowers in the Dirt, a couple of songs for, for Pipes of Peace. Oh, of course. He, like, here and there. You, you, you can definitely do, you know, a convoluted Spotify playlist, for sure. Mm-hmm. But yeah, let's let's get on to the songs. Um, I was a bit reluctant to do these two because they haven't officially been released. There has been no single for McCartney three. Is there a did he need one? Probably not. People are just going to buy the album. Sure, he's he's not going to make a lot of money off the single. It, it's not going to go to number one, but the album might go to number one. I think Ken Michaels called them highlight tracks. Yeah, the i the idea that these were just the ones that were going to be gifted to radio stations and. As far as I'm aware, these have been played across radio stations in North America, South America, Russia, Europe, everywhere. But no official release. These aren't available on YouTube, so we aren't going to be playing any of the audio. We're not stupid. But fortunately, some of our rival podcasts and YouTube channels have already discussed these songs and they haven't been flagged with cease and desist orders. I mean, yeah, I think you're doing too much here, so let's just, you know what I mean? It's chill. (laughs) I I don't think Paul cares about what Paul or nothing is doing. Well, I mean, you know, you're a Metallica guy. Surely you are against all forms of file sharing. And I feel so passionate about it. And I'm completely on the side of Lars, who who was painted as, you know, a kind of um, perverse imp of, of money making. But, you know, he was right because ultimately it's about control. And uh, I sympathize with people when they feel aggrieved in that manner. But, yeah, uh, the, 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 this caution is uh, us, us Metallica podcasters. We play fast and loose for these rules. Could any of the band do a, like a solo, play all the instruments... 
I don't think so. Good question. I don't Jason think Newstead? so. Jason, actually, yeah, the ex-bass player was kind of like their main, the second bass player from the 90s and stuff. Yeah, he actually has done that. He's got like a studio and he plays a monster. I don't know if he plays drums, but he certainly sings and plays guitar and bass. So maybe, but I, McCartney is kind of on that, you know, I was going to say, I don't know like, could, could Cliff? Well, I mean, R.I.P. Cliff, we never know. But yeah, I potentially, if he got older, I mean, he was only, uh, I think he's 24 when he passed. But yeah, he was more of a bass player. He was more guitar as well, proficient in. But it, come on, you have to be someone of McCartney's, like, you know, yeah. mental acuity, really, to get into that. Find My Way, the first track that was released. We heard this in snippets for the release of the coloured box sets that came out, like a, mm. little, a little trailer. It was fun to, to try and work out what snippet we heard. And it turns out it was actually... A closing instrumental coda that lasts about a minute long. This song is in two parts. You have part one, which is, is this very poppy kind of chaos and creation in the backyard. Yeah, very fine line. Driving from the rain. Top. Yeah, it's got station that sound. Kinda, yeah. yeah, AOR kind of uh, friendliness to it, approachability. And then, yeah, it fascinatingly, the song in a good way just becomes corrupted by the avant garde. Like there's little flourishes here and there. There's moments when Paul will just sing and, yeah. you know, certain instruments will come in. And then we get to the end where there's just this delicate artisanal layering of different riffs and moments. And I, I really was pleasantly surprised by that. You know, it yeah. wasn't just some sort of boring outro of, of just some caterwauling. It was like a pretty kind of, you know, like I like the idea that people are going to listen to this song and not be challenged. It's not kind of, you know, true kind of experimentalism, but just some of the songs, some of the, some of the modes, some of the note choices that he's going for. It's just... It's just very well picked, I felt. I felt it was very tasteful, but still quite adventurous. There's one review that I remember reading, and, it was, and he said, like, McCartney 3 is at its best when he's trying to pursue the, the strangest idea possible. And that applies directly to this song for me. Po the first poppy half, uh, with kind of lyrics that it kind of, you know, reference anxieties, anxieties and, you know, and poor kind of leading the way for people during difficult times. It, mm. it could be part of this idea that the album is pandemic related I don't think it's going to be as close as something as like Seize the Day I think that, he did that... actually sorry they did actually mention this song in the Adam Bucks the thing I was just listening oh, to yeah. and yeah he spoke about that kind of lyric encapsulating that idea and being informed by lockdown mm. and, and those sort of things and the times people are falling on I'd say though that the first poppy half well not half even it's like two thirds of the song Yeah, it's fun I just didn't vibe with it all that much it felt like one of the one of the tracks that was a, like an offcut from Egypt Station that was like left off with a Traveler's Edition or mm, something. Mm. Jigsaw. Yeah, the stuff at the end, the the closing instrumental. You're right. That is pure McCartney too. You know, check out Secret Friend or Frozen Japanese or Front Parlor. It's definitely sure. in that ilk. Bogey music was certainly something you listen closely. <laughs> or both. Well, I mean, Bogey Wobble for the real fans, yeah. but. Um, wow. It starts with a, a, a kind of a, a very strange kind of timpani vaudeville kind of had a, a little electric organ sound like Rocky zoom. horror sort of music like it just yeah it comes in and then the chords are built around rather than leading. Uh, I don't mind the pop bit at the start that you're mentioning as the Egyptian station uh, Egypt station offcut. For me, what I like most in that section of the interruptions, so you get these big yeah. thick harmony guitars. And you kind of like get this, yeah. you know, a lot of what. McCartney is, you know, he's able to enter these kind of stadium rock ideas. There's also like quite interesting kind of drums on it and there's kind of a dance feel at times and quite yeah. a jagged Aphex twin sort of thing. And then you have the avant-garde stuff as well. It's Paul in a certain way just kind of demonstrating, you know, all these different styles he can enter and he's comfortable with, but it never feels strained. And I love the fact, I love songs that end with long instrumentals. I know this isn't that long, but in terms of the song, like you say, it's about a third of it. 
And for him just to surrender in a certain sense to that and just push a song into that direction, I think that's awesome. And I think it elevates the whole song for me that it ends in this kind of odd cacophony that it's still yeah. melodically uh, very exactly. rich. Yeah, I'd say that this is a, a very strong indication of what the rest of the album's going to sound like, right. especially in terms of his vocal. We're definitely in old man Paul territory here. Some, yeah. Like going back to what you say, what would a McCartney 3 sound like in the 90s? Like what would this song sound like in the 90s if he, if he, if he could still do his kind of annoying, tripping the live, fantastic growl? Okay, okay that, yeah. That like yeah. He, he added to everything. And obviously so many of these songs that he's mentioned have been drawn from you know, either past riffs or tracks that he never, mm-hmm. he, ne- he never quite finished. You never know how far this one goes back. Speaking of tracks that go far back though, as well as tracks that use a 90s Paul vocal. We do need to talk about Winterbird, When Winter Comes, Tom. And what is a McCartney album without a two-part song? Mm-hmm. A song with two titles. Due to the 12 Days of Paul, we've heard snippets of what, about 40 seconds of people's interpretation of long-tailed Winterbird. You know, most of them sound very, very similar. I'm sure people have probably heard leaks and then done, you know, just done covers that sure. way. But yeah, the first... 30 seconds of this song is essentially the tale of the long-tailed winter bird. Hey. And it seems to be this song that is connecting the album, you know, a little a little bookend a la Sgt. Pepper reprise or Band on the Run appearing at the end of Band on the Run. And then it goes into a very bucolic, very homely farmstead acoustic number that almost sounds like it could have come from like the Ram era. Totally. It doesn't, though. It's actually an off-cut from a Flaming Pie session for oh. the song Calico Skies. Interesting. Now, it, I, haven't, I haven't told Tom this yet, folks, but I have mentioned it on a previous episode. That was recorded on the day I was born. I mean, that's a coincidence. What do you mean, then? It's fate, man. It's fate. Oh, it's pretty, oh it's, that's, yeah, that's yeah. lame. Yeah, McCartney 3, you, you know, Sailor Sam, it all, it's, all, it's all connected, folks. In terms of the song, though, I am in love with this one. This is really strong. I know it's it's, it's kind of going to break the McCartney 3 rule. This this song was technically produced by George Martin, but it is just Paul on a guitar doing a vocal. And this is up there with all of those post-Beatle acoustic songs, you know, Put It There, Mama's Little Girl, Country Dreamer, Some Days, Happy With You, uh, Hey Diddle, Bit Bop. It's perfect. Mm. This is such a, a wonderful snapshot reflection of his life i'm not saying it's necessarily like really that uh, autobiographical you know i'm sure paul has probably had to fix a fence post and uh, you know fix a crop at some point but in the way that he's you know kind of evasive and vague there's a you know a real rorschach test element to the to the lyrics with this song where you can totally apply any kind of meaning you want you know win- winter coming can mean whatever you want fixing these problems can mean whatever you want and it's so wonderfully universal. The guitar tone in it is to die for. Those ringing notes when he's like, when he ends a, a verse, he goes, boom, boom, and it, he like starts the, the uh, riff again. It's gorgeous. I can definitely see guitarists lear- learning this one straight, straight away. This is a real success for me. If the album sounds half as good as this, it'll be a success, really. Um, I like this one a lot more than Find My Way. What about you, man? This is a closing song, right? The closing track. Yeah, 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 it's a really good closing number. Yeah, love this one. Um, definitely love this one. Interesting that, I, I mean, maybe people have said this before, you've been covering a lot of the uh, critical reaction to this album and theories, etc. But as anyone pointed out, like, Paul has gone down this direction before, a kind of 
you know, a list of things he needs to repair in a metaphorical sense. I think in fixing a hole. Definitely. Um, people have said that. No one's actually written about it, but I would I've say, thought about it. Yeah. There's a, there's a <laughs> <laughs> he says, okay. I say, but, got nowhere to prove But that, it's but. a rural fixing, a, fixing a vole, if you will. <laughs> and uh, yeah, no, really appreciate it. Intro's cool, didn't, you know, get that it was a tail end of that thing, but fine, yeah, I like that bit. But yeah, the song comes into its own. It's interesting, it has a very organic feel because it's just Paul on the guitar. The verse melody becomes the chorus. Like he really, Paul always bounces off chord changes and uses them to elevate and, and certain strums here and certain phrases. Again, I've only heard the song a few times, but it has stuck with me again. And it was lovely kind of going through the Aldridge fields nearby. And, yeah, yeah. You know, kind of, kind of getting that out of it. But yeah, I thought this was terrific. Uh, like you, I am a giant fan of Ram. And I love that kind of, you know, that bucolic uh, countryside excursion, Paul, um, that he can get into. Imagery was rich as well. It's like a Norman McCaig poem, any of my Scottish poetry fans out there. But um, but yeah, uh, spirited. I actually probably prefer Find My Way just because I prefer that kind of jagged Paul. But again, after jagged Paul is this kind of Paul, the homespun Paul, the folky Paul. And um, yeah, it, uh, regardless if it's a great album or not, clearly it ends well because this is a... <laughs> Great song. 100, 100, 100, like, that's so true. And strangely enough, in the opposite way to Come On To Me and I Don't Know, our very first kind of hot takes thing that we did a, a couple, a couple oh, of years yeah, ago, yeah. where we were very harsh. Mm. Oh, the, I'm still harsh. Still <laughs> they aren't the best songs off that album and Egypt Station no. has dropped in my estimations yeah, since that yeah, release. You yeah. know, it's, it's, it's bloated like the White Album is, really. Like, it, wow. could, it could be a single disc. It really could. But rather oppositely to those two songs... The song that I liked first here was Find My Way. And then I, I really wasn't that into When Winter Comes. I kind of felt like the vocal melody and the guitar lick was a bit kind of off kilter and didn't mesh wow. together. But okay. then once you listen to it again, it really becomes this very natural grower. Mm. There's something quite clever with what he's doing that me as a non-instrumentalist uh, will, will struggle to define. But I'm sure someone will, ex will explain it in a book one day. But the twist has happened here, where, where, whereby Find My Way has kind of dropped in my estimations a bit. I feel it's a bit sure. average, Paul. It's, it's it's kind of what I would expect this get, kind yeah, of You've heard a lot more Paul kind of thing me, to so, be. Yeah. yeah. And obviously we have the nostalgia. I mean, I think it's fire, man. Hey. Pun intended. There is a lot of nostalgia with When Winter Comes and with a 78-year-old man singing about winter. There's obvious kind of like connotations that... like. Is it a veiled or... Game of Thrones thing? <laughs> I think that's... I think if you play it backwards... You know. uh, the White Walkers are coming. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the White Walker album. The yeah. White Walker album. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm, I'm sure there's more. I'm sure no, there's more. The, the, but, uh, like a Revolution 9. So, uh, so, yeah, those are the, the two songs. The Revolution 9 Kingdoms or something. <laughs> and um, I don't get that reference, but okay. There you go. If you say... So, so when is the album out? We record this on the Friday, so it's out in like a week or so, is it? So this is Friday the 11th. This, it was meant to be out today. The ah. original release date was meant to be today. However, it is out on December 18th, so we've got to wait another week on day of recording. But this should be out day of recording as well. This is just a quick hot take. Overall, I'd say this is very promising. The mm. instrumental stuff at the end of Find My Way and Winterbird When Winter Comes for me is very promising. I really hope that the rest of the album isn't like new and driving rain, that kind of thing. Sure. I really hope it isn't. I hope it's more like when winter comes and the end of Find My Way and goes more into McCartney 2, McCartney 1 territory, mm. like really looking Sliding's back. good. I've actually heard that. That's a good one. Oh, you've heard Sliding, have you? Oh, okay. We'll, I'll, we'll definitely have to talk about that off air. I'll probably have to report you to the authorities as well. Sliding! <laughs> There's a little bit of melody snatch as well. <laughs> oh so. my gosh. Can you, 
the, the YouTube oh. Matrix bots have just detected yeah. that and sent algorithms out. That riff um, is heavy. People, we have to wrap this show up before uh, M- before <laughs> M- you yeah, now? NPL's knock it, knock it at the door. <laughs> Yo, lads, uh, you listen to my music, you know? <laughs> <laughs> You'll be sliding into jail, son. <laughs> sliding the jail Sliding the cell. Yeah. Right, everyone. I'm going to give these an arbitrary, like, find my way. I'll give it, like, a five, six out of, out of ten. When winter comes, winter bird for me, nine, ten mm. out of ten. Mm. Really I'll give, I'll give them both nine, personally. I think they're both very good. Well, folks, you heard it there. The guy who was kicked off an episode of Wings Over America because he was too negative actually likes one of the new McCartney three songs more than the McCartney podcasting host. And on that bombshell, we're gonna right. we're, we're, we're gonna end it there. Tom, thank you for coming on to help me get this meaningless piece of content out of the thank way. Thank you, Sam. No, this has been a joy. And shout everyone listening. Check out me and Sam on Pun It. Check out our wordplay game show podcast thing. Uh, just search Pun It. P U N N I T. It's like thirty odd episodes out there, and uh, it's always a lot of fun. Yeah, I've just uh, been on the Word Cup. Uh, yes, we're doing a tournament on there. Indeed. Yeah, and we also did an episode on the Beatles as well. Mm. Which um, we did a whole pun category on the Beatles and weather, which was very fun. Me, Mister Gusted. So. <laughs> uh, so check that out. And I'll uh, post the links to that. Yeah, yeah, thanks again for having me, Sam. Thank you all for listening to another episode of Paul or Nothing. Please get in contact with the show through all of the normal means. Please like, subscribe, smash buttons, all that jazz. I'm sure Daniel Angel would have been playing this out for some time. Please take care. Peace and love. Bye-bye.